glasses on here. Good afternoon, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Okay. So thank you. Thank you for coming to this special session of Nursing Grand Rounds. And I think I know most of you, but I'm Deb Hastings. I'm the Director of Continuing Nursing Education at Dartmouth-Hitchcock. And I, again, welcome all of you here and those of you who are joining us from your offices via your computers. Um, we um, uh, want you to know that the purpose of this presentation is to increase learner awareness of nursing quality indicators in the ambulatory care setting. And our learner outcomes include the following, that you will be able to discuss nursing quality indicators, or NQI, that guide the practice of registered nurses who practice in ambulatory care, and that you will be able to identify at least two healthcare-related organizations that are aligning with national standards for NQI in the ambulatory care setting. Before we begin, I do have a couple of housekeeping tasks to complete. Most of you can probably recite them just verbatim, just as I, I can. After the program, you will receive an email from the Center for Learning and Professional Development, and that's the former CCEHS. Um, there'll be a link to an online evaluation, and I really hope you'll complete that evaluation because it really does help us determine um, what you want to hear um, in, in future nursing grand rounds and how you received the one that we're going to provide to you in a couple of minutes. Um, your credit for being here will be posted online in, uh, uh, will be posted to your online transcript within two weeks time. Um, if you're here, please be sure that you signed in and you must attend at least 80% of the program in order to receive your credit. If you're viewing online, um, if you have any questions during the presentation, Judy Langhans is here monitoring her email and you can uh, send her an email at judith.m as in Mary dot Langhans, L-A-N-G-H-A-N-S at hitchcock.org and she will share your question or comment with our speaker. Also, again, for folks who are viewing online, um, if you could email Judy within one hour of the completion of this program, um, she will record your attendance, and she just needs your name, degree, and zip code. And for folks who need to access your online transcripts, um, there are, there's information on how to do that by the sign-in sheet here, or for folks um, viewing online, you can contact Judy directly for those instructions. We want you to know that neither our speaker nor any members of the planning committee have identified a financial interest or relationship with a commercial entity uh, or any conflict of interest at all regarding this activity and no one refused to disclose. So. At this time, I'm really happy to introduce our speaker, Deb Cantlin. Deb is a clinical research nurse in the Office of Clinical Research in, the, in our Norris Cotton Cancer Center, and she has pretty recently completed her master's degree from Excelsior, through Excelsior College. And this is her final evidence-based practice project, and I just learned that it's something that she's been passionate about for a long time. So it's nice that she finished her master's and had a chance to really focus a lot on something that's been of interest to her for a long time. So welcome this newly newly created <laughs> master's in nursing professional, and um, I, I'm really anxious to hear what you're going to share with us. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming. Welcome, everyone. Uh, oh, excuse me. Can you hear me? So I'd like to welcome you all. Thank you for coming. I'm hoping that this presentation will be as exciting for you as it has been for me. I'm hoping that this will be an engaging presentation rather than boring. <laughs> and so I will be seeking your input at various times throughout and hoping that you'll have something to offer. I think your thoughts and ideas are as important as mine. Uh, and I look forward to sharing with you. Uh, and I also feel that if you leave here even just half ex as excited as I am about this work and what's happening around our practice as ambulatory care nurses, and we're going to be in good shape. So this 
there's a lot of collaboration going on, going on around the country, actually, with regards to nursing quality indicators. Um, I don't think that there's ever been a more exciting time, and I don't think there's ever been more activity and attention being paid to ambulatory nursing as there is today, which, again, it's exciting. And this is my contention. My contention is that our practice is vital. Um, it's vital to our patients, it's vital to our organizations, and it's vital to ourselves. Nursing, as you know, we've heard many uh, stories about the fact that we're aging and there's gonna be less and less of us as years come and we need, we need nursing, we need ambulatory nursing more now than ever. So what is ambulatory nursing? How do we measure it? Uh, that's been hard to do for a long time. Defining nursing in general, I think, has been challenging. You ask, what do you do? What do nurses do? And the answer is, we nurture, we care, we protect. And that's very true, we do do all of that, but how do you measure those words? Some people actually have, have called it fluff. And you can't measure fluff. So our professional nursing organization has defined nursing this way, and I'll give you just a minute to read that. And you notice I underlined the words that I think also could be interpreted as fluff. Uh, protection, promotion, optimization, and advocacy. All very true, it's all what we do as nursing. The meaning is well understood, we know it, we do it, we live it. But how do we define it? So there's been some examples that I can think of, of ways in which the value of nursing has been captured in measurable ways throughout our history here. And one of them is the anticoag clinic. For years, uh, we were one of the top uh, clinics in the country with regards to our time within therapeutic ranges. It was something that was nationally recognized. And we were rocking and rolling for a long time there. It was great. It was a numeric value. It was measured. It was well recognized. Um, there's been some other evidence-based uh, nurse-run clinics and models of care. One of them is the depression care model, which measures depression uh, with an evidence-based tool called a PHQ-9, where you actually get a numeric value of, for depression. And, and I would like to ask at this time if anyone can offer any other examples of, of how the value and, of ambulatory nursing has been measured here, or examples of, anybody got anything? And that's okay if you don't, but I'm gonna keep asking. <laughs> so, these are well-established, standardized, national. This is how the inpatient nurses are measured. These are metrics that, um, that they're measured on, that are transparent in hospitals across the country display this data. And again, anybody got any others? I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some. What? The ambulatory and inpatient both look at readmission rates. Readmission rates, yeah. Yeah, we're starting to, to do that. Yeah. Um, I heard recently that the, the inpatient nurses are now going to be, pulmonary embolism is going to be a metric for the inpatient nurses. And I just find that really interesting, and I think it's an example of how nurses, when you're talking about metrics and how we're measured, we need to be the ones that are leading the way, and we need to be actively involved in how we're being measured. Um, it's, I don't know anything more about that, except that I know that there's a lot of reasons why people get pulmonary embolisms, and I'm not sure it's all tied to the nurse directly. So anyway, <laughs> you gotta be careful, and you gotta be involved in help defining your own practice, I think. And yes, the 30-day Medicare is no longer paying for admissions that happen after 30 days or that reoccur within 30 days. We're no longer getting reimbursed for that. 
Uh, we're not getting paid for hospital-acquired infections. Um, so we need to work together, and patient, outpatient, and it's all disciplines. It's not just nursing. We're all being held accountable to provide quality outcomes, safe outcomes, measure our value and our worth. It just happens to be a lot of support around ambulatory nursing right now, as I'll, sh as I'll share with you. Um, I hate to keep using the same word over and over, but I find it so exciting that all this is happening right now, that there are professional organizations that are actively uh, seeking to define the value of ambulatory nursing. We need ambulatory nurses in the clinic. We know it. We do it. We do the work. We know it's challenging. We know we use critical thinking skills. We know we have good outcomes. We're so busy doing the work, we don't really take time to define it, to measure it, to even consider we did a great job sometimes. <clears throat> and so there is a history with regards to quality indicators within the ambulatory realm. Starting back in 1997, it was suggested it would be a good idea to actually start looking at that. And then, you know, things happened, got backburnered. We know about that. Uh, but right now, it's actually the heat's on. This is it. Um, now's our time, and I think it's exciting. And so, the Affordable Care Act of 2010 is a big contributing factor to why there are so many organizations aligning and collaborating and getting together and trying to figure this out. Um, they're steadily forcing changes and putting a focus on quality metrics, and, and we are in the spotlight. So those previous organizations, these, that are all working actively to define the value of ambulatory nursing and metrics around it. <clears throat> These are the common measures that they've agreed upon. They're not yet nationally endorsed. They're not yet standardized. And they look good to me. I actually contend that there's more. And at this time, I'd like to ask, what do you think? Do you disagree with? Do you dispute any? Do you have any to add? Pain assessment and follow-up on there. But that's really been you know, unrecognized and untreated. So it's really good to see out there. Good. Anybody else? We have Elizabeth's work with stress. So Paul's sort of under that depression. Yeah. Assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's another factor moving us along the nursing quality pathway. Um, I think it's important to be to be uh, recognized as a magnet organization, and I think it's my contention that um, we must be measured on much more than we are. I mean, washing our hands, it's important for sure, but uh, we have so much more to offer from the nursing perspective and to be measured on um, in that regard. So I'm, I'm glad now that we're seeking that route. So it's another big factor that's, you know, causing all the changes in healthcare and um, the focus on healthcare changing. We really need to do a better job taking care of our populations of, of people. We have some of the poorest health outcomes of any country, and we spend the most money, and uh, that's a problem. We can fix that. I think from our perspective, we as ambulatory care nurses have a role in contributing to giving care differently uh, and better and capturing the value and outcome in a different way uh, that's measurable. And it's a challenge, but it can be done. Um, the 2011 Institute of Medicine report uh, suggest that nurses are crucial. We are the last safety net when it comes to um, errors getting to our patients and preventing errors. We're also the largest discipline of any healthcare uh, team or organization. 
we're the first place often that's looked to for budgetary cuts. So lots of things are driving our need, our calling to own our practice and to define our practice and get jiggy. <laughs> so when I think about the best, I always like to compare who's, who's the best, who's the strongest, who's the fastest, what are they doing, and how can I beat them? And the, um, the Mayo Clinic was voted the best hospital of the year 2014 by the US News World Report. And so I reached out to them and asked what they were doing from the ambulatory perspective. What are they measuring and how's it going? And um, this was what they're measuring. And I think, again, it looks really good to me. I think there's more. Um, and then I found out in the course of doing this that actually there's a relationship that we have with the Mayo Clinic. Our chief nursing officer reaches out to and has regular conversations with I don't know if it's their chief nursing officer, but someone there. And there's information sharing, lessons learned. So there's already a, uh, an established relationship for, for collaborating going forward, which I think is really cool. And so part of what makes our uh, role in defining our, our practice and outcomes related to it challenging, it is challenging, but I also think it's exciting, um, is that we see our patients for a little short pieces of time. And um, it's not just the nurses that see the patients. We see, they see social workers and doctors and physical therapists. And so it's really hard to define exactly, narrowly define exactly what discipline caused this effect. Um, and then also considering something I think is vital when we give care to patients, it's, it, important to always keep in mind that what determines somebody's health. And if you look at that, 70% of what determines someone's health is their lifestyle and their socioeconomic status. 70%, that's a lot. It's a huge part. And so I think we need to be focusing on that area of their health. And ambulatory nurses, I think, are in a key role. I, my care coordinator colleagues over there I think they spend their days doing that, and there, it, there needs to be more of that, because that's where, that's where the money's at. So care is rapidly shifting. It's, we're, we're seeing patients sicker. We're seeing more of them. They're more acutely ill. So all the more reason for us to be highly skilled highly competent, actively engaged in owning our practice, and we should be the ones deciding how we can do things better and give patients what they need. Um, we should be the ones that define what it is that we do for work and why do we need nurses. Um, and it's great that now people want to hear from us across the country, not just Dartmouth-Hitchcock, across the country. And I think this is significant. Um, another indication of why we need clear evidence-based practices, a clearly defined practice, high standards certification whenever it's warranted or available. And here's where I was hoping I could really get a story or two <laughs> out of someone. Um, I mean, I know that we take care of some really sick, sick people, complex, and we matter. What we do matters. We just get so busy doing it, we just move on, we're done. Um, I think it's important to share some people that we take care of. And I, I can think of a uh, gal who's 23 years old. She was um, in a car accident at the age of two. Her parents brought her to the doctor, and they said, oh, she's fine. And the next day, she woke up, and she was paralyzed. So she's been paralyzed since the age of two. She does not have, she's got a history with uh, some medical interactions that didn't go well. So trust is a big issue for her. She's got um, infection in her bones. She's got large wound infections, and um, she should have they expected her to die years ago, and she's still alive. And 
it's the ambulatory nurses, I think, that have a key role in keeping her alive um, by being the contact, by knowing her when she calls, by knowing who to get her connected with, by making sure the follow-up happened, all those little things that we just do and don't think about that we do. Could someone give me another example of a complex, complicated patient that comes into our system or maybe doesn't come in so much, but Thank you. It's in pediatrics again, but I used to go to school with a child on event. On event. And the last I knew of her, she is in college. Wow. Does anybody hear that? That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So now we move into my, my thought. And this is my passion. <laughs> my thought was that I know there are some really excellent nurses that I work with. I see it every day. Um, and I know that they're doing great work. And I also know they're busy. They're very, very busy. And I felt like if you gave them some information about what's happening around them, if, you, if they had support, if they knew about it, they'd jump on board and they'd want to they'd get involved. So this is what started my um, research which a little piece of this project is involved in this research. Um, so it was an IRB-approved research that I did. Um, I used the grounded theory. And this is, this is where I got some stories and heard a lot of really good information. And I just put this slide up there so that you would I could share with you the fact that it was important to me that I did the research exactly the same, like I asked all the questions in exactly the same way. When I did personal interviews, I made sure I didn't lead the uh, responder in any way. And I've actually, in the process of um, having one of my esteemed colleagues um, assess, my, uh, assess me for inter-rater reliability, so that my, hopefully my research can be valid and uh, we can build on it. And this is the fun. This is all, all the fun that I had. I did have a lot of fun. I learned a lot and I, I heard some great examples of excellent patient care. So I queried 68 participants across all of ambulatory, so not just one clinic. I think there are 31 different clinics, is that right? 31? Not sure. But anyway, so there were 68 across all of ambulatory. They were either nurses that I did work with or do currently work with, or else they were nurses that personally have given me or my family care. And of those 68, Participants, 35 responded. I felt, well, that's one more than half, so that's pretty good. Um, and already you can see that um, there was not a lot of knowledge about nursing quality indicators from the ambulatory perspective. 22 people said they didn't know. 27 are interested in learning more. Um, I won't read you these because they're obvious. The personal interviews were fun. I only got to, uh, to do 17 of them. I wanted to do many, many more because I felt like that's where the really good stuff came from. Um, so, um, but it was challenging. It was challenging because I was busy doing my work, giving my patients their care. and then my colleagues were busy, so that was a challenge, but it was fun and it was informative. So I felt like that's that's pretty good interest. Fourteen out of seventeen people they want they're interested in joining a task force and learning more and being actively involved. I think that's great. And I thought that this was interesting, the responses here, that seven of them were patient satisfaction, patient experience. 
um, that's why we're here. That's our focus. So that, that was good. I had more to say about that, but I forgot. <laughs> Thirteen patient interactions are the responses. Again, this is it. I think this is where I wanted to say that, that of the things that make you the happiest about your work, 13 out of 17 people said patients. Patient interaction makes us the happiest. And that's, that's great because that's why we're here. That's our focus. That's where we should be putting our attention and These are some of the stories that I heard. And I wonder, does anyone have any other stories they might like to share? Can you say more about the stories that were shared? Is this, are those issues that patients encountered during a visit? Or? No, these are um, stories from nurses. They were asked how they if they could give an example of how their work as an ambulatory care nurse made a difference or resulted in a positive outcome. So, you know, not just giving what the doctor orders, instead discussing the concerns about the medications that were ordered is, I think that happens yeah. on a regular basis or often anyway. And then the blood certification one was some nurse that noticed the need to be certified to give blood because it, sometimes it's challenging, so she sought blood certification, and then the others are self-explanatory. Could I ask my readers to come up here, please? <laughs> Thank you. So four, four ones. One, one. Yeah. Are you with three? Yeah. Are you with three? Okay. So the one here. So you guys are all ones. So we'll go this, we can go this way. Oh. What's the question? I'm gonna ask the question. Are all my ones lined up? Yep. So the first question is, um, they're gonna read some of the verbatim responses from the survey. So the first question is, name one thing you learned from this capstone project that most ambulatory nurses face the same challenges. A fuller appreciation of the role of ambulatory nursing and its potential. It has changed my self-image as an ambulatory nurse, helps me think about how I influence patients. That there is a momentum for identifying ambulatory indicators. Great. And then the answers to number three were, do you have anything else related to this topic you would like to share? Developing workflow for nurse, MA, teams adds another dimension. It's been a good process. Thanks for including me. Numbers and staffing is key. Don't be afraid to invest in your nursing staff. I have appreciated the learning opportunity to have participated in this evidence-based nursing research project. Thank you. Thank you, readers. <laughs> so in summary, I feel like the conclusions, this really might be a better title for this slide, is that there, we are busy. We're doing a lot of different things, and um, it's challenging to stop and think about the value that we bring to patients and why it's necessary for ambulatory RNs to be in the healthcare field at all. Um, but it's as important. To, it's as important as giving the care to be able to define it, to measure it, to own it, it's just as important. In fact, maybe even more so now, because if we don't define it, and if we don't, you know, take time to measure it, I don't know what will happen to us. But the other conclusion is that interest is really high. I'm not surprised. I knew I worked with great colleagues. I knew it, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, leadership, uh, I think, again, now is a really exciting time to be an ambulatory care nurse. I've never 
felt more excited. I feel like things are aligned. You know, we have a chief nursing officer who comes with a lot of ambulatory experience. She's um, put systems into place, structural systems to support our practice so that we can own it and do things differently and take some chances, maybe fail, hopefully succeed, but either way, you gotta do something. Um, and for the first time in 15 years, we now have a, a director of ambulatory nursing. So nursing can actually be governed by nurses, which is way cool. Um, so I think now is the time and I think it's exciting and I think we gotta keep this going. And I just wanted to stop talking for a minute to have everybody take this in because this means everything to me. And I think to you as well. So these are my suggestions for keeping ambulatory momentum going and for engaging each other in our practice and having a structural system uh, to support our, there needs to be continual sharing of knowledge and continual uh, evidence-based practices being shared and these are things I thought of that might be helpful and would be good going forward. And at this time, I'm wondering what you guys might have for ideas. I'm curious, did you come across sort of everyone so busy doing the actual practice that sort of when faced with sort of how to implement these suggestions for future practice, how other sites or other places in your research sort of are managing that or juggling that? Because it's all well and good to say, yes, I'm going to that journal club until your pager goes off and the patient comes in and something bad is going on. Yeah. So do you have, did you come across ideas about how to balance that? Or? Well, I think that's a tough one for everybody. Um, I think it's tough for any nurse, anywhere, any doctor. We all need coverage when we go to educational sessions. We all need coverage when we go to committees and meetings. I don't have magical answers for it, but I know that other people are doing it. There are shared governances that are happening and active, and I know ours is being realigned, and there's going to be a clinic, ambulatory clinic council. I think that we're just gonna have to take really good care of each other. Um, and I think also it has to become a priority. Um, but yeah, you're gonna get paged and you're gonna get interrupted, and it's actually gonna be extra work too but it's fun and it's good and it's important. Um, Maybe the development of more asynchronous online blogs, if you will, so people can read an article and post their thoughts or comments, share with others, but you know, in an asynchronous format. Well, that's so. a good idea. Yeah. The other thing I want to share though, in terms of, I think this presentation is great because I think more and more folks who are in the ambulatory care world are seeing what we saw in, inpatient care not that long ago and they're being discharged sooner and sooner we all know that so I think the, the uh, responsibilities of the ambulatory nurse are growing and growing by leaps and bounds we should do everything we can not only to support your practice but to sort of really see ourselves as more of a team if you will mm -hmm. um, people are along the trajectory and they may start with you and come here and go back and uh, so I, I feel like your areas are really growing by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing I want to share for folks who don't know, I, um, we know that we now have Karen and we have Amy. Eilert's not on board. Um, and seven, do you know everybody here? Okay, do, do you want to introduce Karen? Because you mentioned her. Huh? Not now? Oh, I will. Go ahead. <laughs> right now? Okay. Okay, yeah. So Karen Clements is our new director of ambulatory nursing. She's been here about six or nine months or so. I've been here two and a half years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See what I just found out? No, I've been just four months. Maybe a little, no, some of you in the room, but it's growing more and more. Yeah. And so you have a clinical nurse specialist, our clinical specialist, who's now overseeing the role of the ambulatory care. So she's actually, actually arranged for a 
course, and I, I can't remember the date of the course, but it's in the fall in preparation for the uh, specialty certification in ambulatory care nursing. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't want to sit for the certification exam, it's a great review of some of the areas of importance for folks who, who practice in that in that area. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like there are changes, there are good things happening for your specialty. I do too. I do well, too. And just with the mention of certification, I would think as an organization that if there's an ambulatory care certification, that that should be something that you know everyone strives for, that there's leadership support for that, it, you know, for both the studying and taking the classes, but for sitting for it, um, paying for it, that type of thing as well, that that's actually seen as being valued by the institution rather than something the real keto nurses just do on their own. Like, that should be something that should be the, the gold standard that all of our nurses are, are certified for, whether it be oncology or ambulatory or whatever. Peggy? I would love to see more collaboration between um, all among all the settings. So I think about handoffs and how we can think of transferring a patient from one hospital unit to another without a nurse nurse handoff. And yet we rarely do that when an ambulatory patient is transferred to the hospital and back to the ambulatory setting. So our physicians often will speak to the primary care provider, but nurse to nurse doesn't happen that much. And I would love to see an ability, you know, HIPAA allowed, whatever, to have that collaboration. Yeah. That's a very good point. I know my care coordinator colleagues, again, I'll call, I'll bring them to light. I know that they do that, actually, when there are patients that are identified as having or needing a care coordinator, they know where their patients are and they know when they're admitted and often they'll go to the inpatient side and visit the uh, inpatient care coordinator or case manager, as they're called there. Um, so you're right, yeah, actually more and more collaboration, but it is happening and it needs to happen more around the handoffs. Anybody else? So this is a video that speaks to me. I spent almost an entire Saturday trying to find the right video <laughs> that would, um, it speaks to me about what we do as ambulatory care nurses and as people, and I just think it's eloquent, and it's only four minutes long, <laughs> and I guess I'll just give it a whirl.
That's it. <laughs> That's all I have. We do have a few extra minutes if anyone has any comments or feedback they'd like to share. Yes. Yes, unfortunately, no. Um, it was a 15-week project, and um, I had to hurry up and get IRB approval, and it just was a lot. So no, I didn't, but I do think that's important. I think that we need to be, we are all one organization, so we need to be delivering the same message to our patients, giving them the same education, and um, so, but I didn't, but that's important for sure. I actually think they have a lot of good things happening, particularly in Nashua, that we could be learning from. So. understand our practice and measure our practice and, and continue to grow. So I, I thank you for doing this. Well, thank you for supporting me. <laughs> so I, I, um, I too love that you did this project. I think it's great. And when I look at the, the NQIs that you had listed, so many of them seem so tasky to me. And I think, I mean, they're important. I don't want to minimize their importance because things like med, med reconciliation, that kind of thing is extremely important. What I didn't see is like how do you get at the heart of the critical thinking and like the near misses and the parts where the nurses are really making a huge difference is mm -hmm. not I didn't see that part of nursing being captured. Yeah. And I guess that's I don't know if you want to call it fluff, but to me that's the really good stuff. And sometimes I worry that as we get more and more trying to, you know, do all the things we need to do for magnet or for joint commission or whatever that it becomes very tasky and that the bigger picture of what nursing really is sometimes can get lost in those tasks yeah absolutely and i'm not sure if you have any thoughts or suggestions on well i think that fluff fluff is hard to measure we got to figure it out but i agree with you anna i think that um we do i think we do an extremely good job with regards to patient education i know i see it and happen with my colleagues i i experience it myself the moment where you teach the patient oh my gosh that's what diabetes means or that's what this illness means and here's what i can do about it like no one ever told you or you never got that before whatever i think that we definitely need to focus on that. That's what I feel like our big strength is with regards to what we do, is educating our patients, giving them, teaching them the way that they learn, giving them the tools to support what they need to do at home, because that's where it all happens. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to measure. We've got we to gotta come up with some creative ways. And an interesting story um, from the care coordinator's point of view today, in particular this morning, one of my colleagues was working diligently on an assessment. And we started to document data, time spent documenting assessment. And she had worked diligently on entering all this information. And at the end, you put in a block of time that it took you, and that was 30 minutes. And we were sort of like, okay, so if someone looks at our day, <laughs> there's 30 minutes. And our day is chock full of assessment, prevention, good nursing judgment, good skill assessment. But at least it's starting to be documented. Mm -hmm. But it was just interesting to me after we had that conversation, I, I was sort of reeling about, wow, you're right, like 30 minutes. And, well, here another seven and a half hours. <laughs> so what's up? Only got seven and a half more patients that you can see. <laughs> so it was an interesting item. Yes? I have, oh. I'm so sorry. I have a comment and I have a, um, a story. 
So my comment is, as I sit here and reflect on it and reflect on outcomes, one of the things we're doing is peer review amongst the uh, APRNs, and we have um, taken that uh, our, our peer review uh, information from standards of care, standards of nursing care, ANA, ANCC, blah, 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 put it together and then have used that to evaluate each other's practice. By that, we've also learned what it is our practice is, what it should be, where our deficiencies are, and we make recommendations based on that. And I think that really speaks to sort of what outcomes are, because we're really looking at our practice mm -hmm. through that process. And it's, I think it's been a, um, a beneficial process. My story is I work Can I just say one thing about that? I think that the nursing practitioners within the cancer center, the example you just gave, you would be awesome models for the rest of us. And we should follow you. So my story is I work with a clinical coordinator um, for over a year now and been interested in doing distress management, which or distress screening, which was my capstone project. And in that process have um, taken on um, a QI project, looking at having other coordinators within the clinic do distress screening. The story is this um, nurse, I was not in the clinic at the time, and normally she would screen the patient and bring the screen to me and come up with a plan of care. She did not have me in the clinic, uh, found that this patient was extremely distressed, talked to the patient about it, found out she had a history of depression, found out that her primary care physician had treated her in the past, went out, gave report to the attending physician, and the attending went in, came out, and within uh, the patient had an appointment with that primary care physician within the week to discuss her depression. I mean, I think that's that's the flaw. right. That's the stuff that is so hard to measure, yeah. but, you know, really clearly. And the follow-up on that patient is, is she's on antidepressants and is doing much better. Right. Um, so it was just really very interesting that she felt, you know, she had grown that much through that process. Yeah, and she got connected right away, and depression affects every aspect of your life. And so, yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yes? One more comment. I, I think we, um, while others may call that really important nursing care fluff or the soft stuff or the, you know, not, not the important task, that's, that's the language that other people put to it. And whether we can, you know, we struggle to document it or we struggle to, to give it language, we need to do that. We know that it makes a, a huge impact on patients. And we need to find ways to measure it and give it language. That really important stuff, those, those saves, those connecting pieces that others don't even see need to be connected. And we need, and we need to speak about it being really important decisions that nurses make that make a difference. Mm -hmm. And others may call it fluff, but I would encourage all of us, let's not. Let's not carry that language. Mm -hmm. Let's not, um, in our struggle to, to name it and describe it, we know it's important, so let's talk about it like it's really important and struggle through um, giving it the right, the right words. It's too important, and, and everybody in this room knows it. Um, we just have to find the language to describe it and the way to measure it and document it and all those other things. That's great. I agree with that. Um, I wonder, could you, Karen, speak to the Ambulatory Clinic yeah, Council? Is that? Yeah, I can add yeah. that. Because I think. <laughs> we work on the projects over the next 12 months of Let's Carry for Ambulatory Nursing. We're working on two or three very large projects in primary care and, and as one of the leading service line developments. So we've already stood up the subgroup of Ambulatory Shared Practice Council, which is getting carved by the boards, but the Primary Care Clinical Practice Council has already stood up from members from all across the campuses, so it's actually the very first, you know, multi-site uh, practice council looking at the work of the collaborative care clinic model, which is a nurse-run clinic model. So as you get to the fluff, there won't be fluff anymore. Those will be measured, documented, um, nurse-run clinics that will have significant impact on chronic care. COPD is for CH, CHF, diabetes, you're fast coming down the pipe behind the hypertension. 
The other one is a big project next year is the phone triage assessment. And we'll be actually probably stealing and utilizing some of the Mayo tools to look at our phone triage because we all know that's a crucial part of how we care and you know sort our sick from non-sick patients. So again, I can add on to that as the next 12 months, we're going to see several um, significant metrics coming out of these models. Now, as we get to the specific you know, specialty focused, you know, but you all have your pieces of the pie in your own clinics and you'll be tasked to come up with a metrics that's related to your area of specialty. But to get to some broader, you know, phone triage does cross over almost everybody. Um, so just very excited as we, we get ready to stand up the ambulatory practice council. Does that help? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you all for coming. Appreciate it. <laughs>